For our series of the ADC's competition talks with leading experts, we have today Natalia Fabra, professor at the Economics Department of Universidad Carlos III de Madrid. Natalia Fabra works in the field of industrial organization with emphasis on energy economics, regulation and competition policy issues. Natalia's research has appeared in many international academic journals, such as the American Economic Review, the RAND Journal of Economics, the Economic Journal, and the Journal of Industrial Economics. Natalia has also experience as an economic consultant in, in regulation and competition policy cases in the energy sector. Natalia was a member of the Economic Advisory Group at the DigiComp and joint academic director at the Center for Regulation in Europe. Currently, she is a member of the Oxira Economic Council. Natalia, welcome to the ADC. Given your extensive background on competition issues in the energy sector, it would be great if we could have your views on a number of issues. I would start with a broad question. Uh, and I would refer to, to the notable progress that the European uh, Union has made in creating liberalized and competitive energy markets within and across national boundaries. But in your view, what are still the main competition concerns in the energy sector today? It's true we've made quite some progress, but uh, given consumers the choice of which energy provided uh, to choose is not uh, a sufficient condition. We have to assure that these energy providers compete in an effective manner so that uh, consumers uh, get uh, uh, to pay the right prices for electricity. Uh, I'm a bit sceptic about uh, retail uh, competition in electricity markets, the reason being that electricity is an homogeneous good, so there's little uh, that energy providers can do to differentiate uh, their products and indeed provide uh, products of better quality. So in these markets, uh, competition can only work through uh, price adjustments. Um, and uh, wholesale electricity markets already provide uh, that uh, price signal. Uh, indeed, it would be um, efficient, uh, it would uh, induce more competitive outcomes. If consumers had the choice as uh, one of the uh, potential contracts they could uh, choose uh, among, uh, if they had the choice uh, to pay electricity at a pass-through of the wholesale electricity market price in those countries in which there's uh, liquid um, export markets. Uh, not only this would provide a competitive benchmark for other electricity providers so that they would have to beat uh, that price or provide better services, um, but also it would face consumers uh, with uh, electricity prices that would change according uh, to changes in the cost of producing electricity so that they would face incentives to reduce their consumption at times of peak demand when it is more costly to produce electricity and shift their consumption to the extent possible to those times uh, when electricity is, uh, is less costly to produce because demand uh, is lower. So I would, uh, in this way, uh, try to address two issues. First, induce more competitive outcomes in the retail market and also uh, send uh, more efficient uh, pricing signals to consumers. This is on what uh, regards uh, retail markets. Uh, and I was mentioning this uh, right at the beginning because in my view the European Commission has put too much of an emphasis and I would say hope uh, that a retail market competition would solve the competition problems in this market. But I believe that uh, the core of the problem lies in the wholesale electricity market, which is where the value is created and which is where more of the competition uh, issues arise. In the wholesale spot electricity markets, but more and more, as we are uh, transitioning towards uh, lower carbon uh, economies, 
towards the investment stage. Uh, now we are running across Europe auctions for uh, low carbon technologies. We have to make sure that these auctions uh, are competitive. And we also have to make sure from a regulatory perspective that the type of contracts that are being auctioned off in these uh, auctions induce uh, firms to behave competitively in the sport market. So, so I would uh, conclude by saying, to wrap up, uh, that I would suggest that the focus should shift from the retail market towards the wholesale market, and within the wholesale market, the shift should focus uh, to all the mechanisms that we are currently using in order uh, to promote uh, investment. Well, indeed, market design still holds a lot of uh, challenges in terms of ensuring competitive outcomes. Um, and there, there are indeed a number of features of, of these uh, markets, of electricity markets, that can make them uh, more prone to the exercise of market power. Demand is very inelastic in the short term. There is typically a small number of uh, players protected by entry barriers. So many reasons uh, for regulators to play an important role in the design of the electricity uh, market. But in your view, how can co national competition authorities intervene in order, in order to ensure competition in the market and competition for the market in the electricity sector? I think there's two main pieces we have to be concerned about. One is market structure and the other one is market design. Sometimes authorities lack the powers to act on market structure or only when it comes to assessing uh, mergers. But otherwise, uh, there seem to be limited powers to force a breakdown of companies whenever we feel there's uh, market power concerns. Uh, but rather, we could also act on market design. And, uh, and I think there's, there's, there's a scope to improve things uh, uh, in, this, in this sense. It's clear that the uh, increasing penetration of renewals in this market is going to affect the way we understand competition uh, in this market. Yeah, there's going to be times of scarcity when there is very little wind and demand peaks, uh, in which cases there's going to be limited competition because there's going to be a limited number of plants uh, that are available in order to meet demand. So um, my uh, suspect um, my conjecture is that uh, market power issues uh, will remain, and uh, as we were discussing before, market power issues might also remain at the investment stage. And there is very important how we design the type of contracts that are, uh, are being auctioned off. So uh, to be more uh, precise, it's not the same uh, auctioning off, say, for instance, feeding tariffs, that is, uh, uh, contracts by which the new investors get a fixed price over the lifetime of the assets and therefore are not exposed to price changes versus auctioning off um, feeding premia that is contracts by which the new investors are faced uh, to, uh, to the changing prices. And it's not uh, the same thing first when it comes to bidding in the auction because if investors are facing uh, price volatility and it's not just short-term price volatility but it's also volatility across the uh, lifespan of the asset because it's very difficult to forecast uh, what technologies are going to be competing out there say in 15 20 years time which is going to affect uh, the market price so when we are auctioning off these contracts that embody uh, price volatility uh, bidders are going to add risk premia uh, to their bids, and this is going to affect competition in the market. It's going to affect which type of bidders are able to face uh, those risks and which type of bidders are able to access um, funding um, 
from the financial uh, sector uh, to go into contracts that uh, uh, face them to so much risk. So the type of contract that we use also affects the type of bidders that are going to be competing in the auction. But on top of this, it also affects uh, once uh, the assets are in place and, and investors are competing in the energy market, it also affects their pricing incentives. Why is this so? Because if, if, if I am, as an owner of an asset, uh, receiving the market price, because I'm subject uh, to a, a feeding premium, it means that I have greater incentives to exercise market power, because if I manage to increase uh, the market price, increasing the price will affect, will benefit all my portfolio, all my uh, technologies. Whereas if I am subject to, say, feeding uh, tariffs, that is, uh, contracts by which the price that I get for the uh, output has been set in advance in the auction, then if I manage to increase uh, the market price, the, the, the increase in the price will not affect all my sales because some of these sales are already uh, covered. They already have a, a fixed price. So uh, the type of contract that I auction off also affects my incentives to exercise market power um, in the market. There is, I think, competition authorities have a role to play when interacting with uh, regulators uh, in trying to design contracts such that once those contracts are in place, firms themselves don't have incentives to exercise market power. It's better to provide the incentives not to exercise market power uh, rather than uh, let the players play in this market, and if they exercise market power, exposed acting on that. Certainly, the exposed interventions uh, will be necessary. It's important to monitor uh, firms' behavior, but it's even more effective to design contracts and markets in such a way that they don't have the incentives to do so. Yes, indeed, those exempt matters are, are, are crucial. And to that extent, the Portuguese Competition Authority, like other competition authorities, can only rely on advocacy. But for this advocacy, it's crucial to be able to benefit from the, the views of experts in the market, such as your, yourself. So um, now moving on and, and to, to a, an area which, is, uh, which very much relates to your research, uh, and that has been uh, widely debated among energy economists. And these are the mechanisms in place to drive future investment in low-carbon generation, as you were mentioning. What do you think are still the main challenges associated with the financial support to generation capacity, including competition-wise? I think the challenge is to design these auctions uh, properly in such a way that uh, we are not adding through market design additional cost. So when it comes to investing in low-carbon technologies, we are talking about investments that require very heavy upfront cost. Uh, once in place, these technologies uh, involve very low marginal cost. So essentially, everything that is at stake takes place at the investment stage. Uh, and the upfront costs uh, that firms face uh, are going to be very important in determining uh, the efficiency of the investments. Uh, and these extra costs that we might uh, impose to participants because of uh, different types of regulation that we might be using are going to be passed on to consumers in form of, of higher prices. So uh, it would be ideal to uh, rely on regulatory mechanisms that reduce the costs that investors have. Uh, and we can uh, do this, for instance, by reducing the risk involved in these investments, because this will uh, in turn mean that they will have access uh, 
to better um, um, uh, funding, and this will also imply that uh, more participants will be able to compete in this auction. So we are not only talking about efficiency, that is costs, but we, also, we are also talking about uh, how competitive these, these auctions can be. So it's very important to understand as well that when it comes to uh, low carbon technologies, there's not a single technology, but many. Right? So a windmill is not the same thing as a solar farm, it's not the same thing as biomass, it's not the same thing as hydropower or concentrating solar power. So, so we tend to group them under the label of renewal technologies, but each of these different technologies are very different in terms of the uh, cost structure, in terms of the state of the technology, whether they are mature technologies or whether there's still learning by doing. So we tend to treat them uniformly through this technology-neutral approach, which in some cases is the right one, but in some of the cases it need not be. So if we make these different technologies uh, compete together, on the one hand, it's true that we are opening up the market and we are letting the market choose which is the best technology among uh, these ones, but in other cases, uh, the regulator or the system operator might have other preferences as well. So, so, so to be more precise and give an example, uh, wind blows, say, during the night, and clearly uh, solar power is only available uh, during daytime. So in some cases, notably in California, we've seen this, at sunset, there is a very sharp and drop uh, reduction in, in solar production, and this might create a problem for the system because in a very short period of time, all the technologies have to ramp up uh, and, and produce to overcome the reduction in solar production. Uh, so combining solar with all the type of renewable technologies, say uh, wind, uh, that have some negative correlation with the uh, amount of uh, sun production, might be a good complement. So treating all renewable technologies equally as if they were equal uh, elements, uh, uh, equal um, place in this market is not only uh, the right thing, but might be uh, adding uh, additional problems such as all investors concentrated in one single technology and therefore exacerbating the, the production profiles of certain technology over others. And there's many other reasons for why the coexistence of different technologies might be good. Uh, and in such a case, it might be better to rely sometimes on on technology-specific uh, auctions and not just always follow this paradigm of technology neutrality. Uh, these are issues that very much depend on market design uh, and that uh, have competition issues also at stake. Natalia, in your research, you have focused a lot on, on, on auctions and, and bidding behavior in the electricity uh, markets. Um, what can you share with us in terms of insights for competition and the degree of competition in terms of bidding incentives, strategic uh, uh, behavior of firms uh, in electricity auctions? What, what can we, competition authorities, uh, learn from, from your extensive work in this area? Firms um, always do what they're expected to do, which is maximize profits. So uh, whatever rules are in place, uh, they're going to try to get uh, the most profits out of it. And this is something that we have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why we uh, create markets, because through profit-seeking, uh, 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 we expect that uh, 
competitive uh, forces will uh, give rise uh, to efficient allocations. But that's not always the case if there's market power. And whenever there's market power, what we have to do as regulator or, or competition policy authorities is to make sure that the rules, the market rules are in place, are such that their incentives are and their ability to exercise market power are weak enough so that we can keep on relying on markets as an efficient way to allocate production and determine prices. Well, indeed, and that is the main uh, issue for competition authorities to ensure that there's no conditions for for uh, incumbents to exercise market power, and 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 ensure that consumers have their their fair deals in these markets like in any other. Natalia, thank you very much for for the, this podcast. Uh, it was great to to be able to share and hear actually the these views uh, on electricity markets. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be here at the Autoridad de Concurrencia and to be here in Lesmond.